Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Okay, and here we are again for another episode of Women in Electronics podcast series. And I'm here once again with Scott Tooney from Plexus. Hello, Scott. Welcome back, Jackie. Good to see, talk to you. <laughs> Welcome back. So anyway, in this part two of your podcast series, we wanted to get more into the heart of the leader. This is my favorite part. Um, so we have found out about your organization from part one. Those of you listening, go back and listen to part one if you haven't heard it. But in this episode, we're going to talk about what motivated you to get here? What is the real heart of the leader? And so we're going to get into some of that. So we will start with what is it, Scott, after being at Plexus for 30 years, which is very rare and very commendable, what is the lasting legacy you want to leave with Plexus, with your leadership? Sure. So as you mentioned, I, I will be celebrating my, my 30th anniversary with uh, Plexus uh, coming in April next year. You know, I've got a, a lot of great memories um, and experiences I've had over the years. You know, really delighted to be part of a company that has grown so significantly organically. And I, I talked about that, able to grow from a company that was less than $500 million when I started to on track to be $5 billion in growing because our customers and employees believe in what we stand for. So I think, you know, to me, there's just this this whole background of the culture and leadership that Plexus has, has that makes it you know, just a great place to work. You know, if I look at um, legacy, you know, I'm not sure that I, I feel like uh, I have this you know, one moment uh, or one item that I would leave as a legacy, but I think maybe one area that I'd look at is that I've been in the company in a lot of different areas. And I think the areas that I've touched and been able to lead that when I would walk away, I feel they're in a better spot than when I took them over, that I've been able to move the ball forward, um, give people opportunities to grow, uh, work with our customers, and um, felt that I'd be proud of, of the areas that I worked in. You know, Obviously, I'll, I'll miss the people that I've worked with when I, when I do like to retire, but um, I think it's really just the, the passion to continue to improve and work for our customers and employees is what I think people would remember me about. And so I have to say, working in the channel, when I was working for a rep company, one of my favorite things, I loved working with end users and, and having an impact on what they were putting out, right, is the devices and some of the things that have a an impact on the world. Um, you mentioned in part one about the medical technology and how critical all of that was during covid Give me an example. Tell me of something that you were involved with, with Plexus, that you felt good about, that that your involvement, your leadership was really instrumental in putting something out that was meaningful. Probably a really recent example, Jackie, within our, our facility in Latin America, in Mexico, we working to launch a product and actually it's a, a, a future generation, second generation product that um, works on continuous glucose monitoring. So if you, if you think about in the past for diabetics, the 
pain that they've had to go on through to you know, take samples and also how infrequent the samples are that they take to make sure that they're monitoring their levels effectively. So Plexus, one of the customers that we work with, has a continuous glucose monitoring device. And we've been able to bring that to market. And we actually were out there for their supplier day earlier this month. And the testimonials from the people that are using this application compared to what they had to do in the past is, is just game changing. So when you know what, what I would say, the, the products that we bring to market, being able to see, and there's multiple examples where a lot of times we'll start meetings with the testimonials of people that have used the products or are benefiting from the products and how it's changing their lives and the lives of their family. So to me, that, that personal attachment to the products is really just game-changing in, in um, you know, meeting our mission and working with our customers. And for one example, I was, the customer that I was with, one of their employees said, I use this product. This product has saved my life. I would never work for another company. This is how attached I am because we are doing things that make a difference in creating a better world. So to me, the personal attachment, um, probably more on the medical device side, is really um, is really important. Well, that does. I, and, and you'll see when you retire, you're going to remember all those stories. I, I look <laughs> back and I remember some of the things that I took for granted that we were a part of it because it was just like a normal part of your job. And later you look back and when you have time to think and absorb and you think, wow, there were some pretty amazing things that we did. So I, I would have to say too, that especially being in contract manufacturing, you are able to touch so many verticals in the electronic component industry. So like if we wrap our heads around the massiveness <laughs> of mm -hmm. the electronic component industry, because there's so many verticals, like you're saying, medical, consumer products, you name it, energy, there's, there's just so much. And you get to be a part of a lot of the advancement in the world. Um, it's very exciting. Um, mm -hmm. I, I really appreciate some of the examples. So let me ask you a question. As you were rising up in your career, um, who were your mentors? You know, we have in, in leadership positions, it's not always easy to make the decisions and to do everything that has to be done. It's not a glamorous position in a lot of senses. So who were your mentors and what is it that you fall back on as a leader? Sure. So I probably look at this in two parts. I think what the first part I look is kind of how mentors made me who I am today. And the one that would probably stick out the most that comes to mind would be my high school basketball coach. Um, he pushed us extremely hard as individuals, but really taught me the importance of teamwork and being willing to put the extra effort in to be part of a winning team, being able to pull your weight, you know, look other people in the eye and say, I did my best and I'm working hard to improve what I, what my capabilities are. So I think that that passion to be competitive, you know, be thirsty for more information, continuing education. I think that kind of came up through my high school sports, doing the things that, uh, you know, led to teamwork. And um, I, I a lot of times use a, a phrase of how do we make one plus one equal more than two? How do we get, you know, synergy out of working together as a team and working on the right things? And on a professional level, I don't know that I have a, a specific example, but I would say the thing that I... I look at in mentoring is is looking as I've been able to grow within our organization is how people make decisions at a high level. You know what information they have, how much information they need to make a decision, 
where they get their information. I'll be in a meeting and I'll, I'll just be curious, like, how did one of my peers have the information and I didn't have it? Like, what, what, uh, what sort of system of management that's different than mine and how can I learn from that? So I think being always being in an observing mode and, you know, looking at people and figuring out um, how can I take, you know, what they're doing and incorporate it into my, you know, my management style and my leadership skills. That's really great input. Um, in our last session, you talked about change management, which I love. I think that's one of our biggest um, challenges mm-hmm. um, in leadership is change management. It's really challenging. Um, and, and you mentioned that. Um, and then decision making, that is critical. And as far as the information, this is somebody like me being a journalist, having a journalism background and training. I am just so it gets overwhelming at the amount of information, but also I think um, sometimes vetting that information, you know, it's, it's a matter of what team is, what information is your team using? That's actually credible information, right? Because there's so much information, Mm -hmm. but is all of it valuable and what decisions are you making based on that information? Really critical. Cause if you're making decisions based on the wrong information, Mm -hmm. so I don't know if you have any, comment on that. It's just a little hot spot you touched on because of me with the journalism thing. I'm very careful about what information we take in as credible. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'll completely answer the question you're looking for, Jack, but I would say one of the things that I I maybe have changed in my style or has, as I've grown, and I think maybe as you grow as a leader in a company, is that early on in your career, you know, your success is by having the right answer. So if your manager asks you something, you have the right answer, you, you feel good about yourself. Maybe you, you know, tell your family, spouse, friends, whoever, you know, I'm, I'm doing well. But as you grow in an organization, it starts to shift. You get to start to ask the questions. And I think as a leader, it's important, you know, if I ask the wrong question, I could get the right answer. It might lead us in the wrong direction. As you become more astute, I think it's really critical as you take on leadership roles that the questions you ask, you know, can and will determine the direction that you go as an organization. So I think you have to be very thoughtful in, you know, how, how you lead the team and how you get the right information. As you said, I think it's, there's not, I still haven't found the, you know, the secret success to ask all the right questions, but I think um, it's a, it's a responsibility of a leader to make sure you're insightful in that, that respect. That was really good advice, asking the right questions. It's very true. Um, And then for me personally, I'm always saying, looking at the data, where are you getting this information? How did you formulate that? You know, things like that too. But I love that asking the right questions is very true. And sometimes there's a real art to that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we always use the term, I mean, we use the term that probably others use is trust, but verify. You know, you can trust people, but, you know, as leaders, you got to go to the gambit times and see it firsthand, understand the data. So that's really important. Very good point. Okay. So let me ask you this. What are your guiding principles then? We're getting into all this leadership conversations and mentorship and all that. So when you are faced with, say, a difficult decision, um, which is probably very regular, <laughs> what do you fall back on? What are some of your leadership guiding principles? You know, I've been able to, um, and I didn't go in full detail in the, in the first session, but I'd be able to work you know, in operations, in technology, in supply chain, you know, back into operations. And throughout my career, I've always found it extremely important 
to have a strong system of management. I think this really pro- provides the, you know, the clarity of what's important. It helps drive accountability, you know, creates an environment, you know, where we can meet the needs of our customers, shareholders, employees. So in leadership roles, it's important to not surprise people. I mean, things are going to come up, but I think if you can let them know what, what's important, what's valued, what we say no to, what we say yes to, I think they get aligned to the mission of the company and it ultimately sets the culture. So I've always been really big on having a system of management that people know the direction we're going. They know what their role is. They know how they're accountable and we you know, get team success. You know, the other probably guiding principle I, I have, and it, it's sometimes easier to say than to do, is that I want to be equally an importer of talent as an exporter of talent. I think as you, you know, I found out, you know, focusing on, if you focus on talent development and give people the right opportunities, they will seek out to be on your team. And I don't think people think about that enough, that if you develop people and let them go on to other things versus hold on to them, you actually will be more positively viewed within an organization for talent to, uh, to attract to. I love that importer and exporter of talent. So critical. And that touches on, you know, we look at the data with women electronics. It's one of the areas women get stuck. They almost do sometimes such a good job that they actually get stuck in certain positions. Mm-hmm. It's really critical to let people advance um, an exporter of talent. I'm going to be using that. <laughs> and, and to circle back on what you said as your guiding principles, what I took from what you said, culture, clarity, value, those are really important values. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you can, as a leader, be implementing that culture, clarity, and value, really critical. And it takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of self-awareness in order to provide that for your organization. Mm-hmm. So love that. And since we only have a couple minutes, we have to move on with one or two more questions. So I want to ask you, this is one of my favorite questions I like to ask. So what is one of your biggest mistakes you've made. Um, reason I ask these questions is because I find that in particular with a lot of women in leadership, it's probably even a lot of the rising younger talent. There's such a fear of mistake. There's a fear of failure. Every leader has made mistakes and has had to regroup. So what is your biggest learning lesson or mistake? How did you recover and what were the results moving forward? I'd probably start with the learning lesson and I would uh, maybe go back to mistakes because I, I probably don't have enough time for all the mistakes I've made over the years. But, you know, a, a learning lesson that I would, would give is that early on in my career, I talked about kind of starting out uh, in my job search when a company is going through a downsizing and I was part of a significant plant closure. I had the opportunity to determine over a period of time how I was going to perform. And I would say there was a number of people that elected to do the minimal amount just to get to the end of the game. And I looked at it as that, you know, this is an opportunity to continue to improve my work skills and my experience. So I took on, you know, probably more experience or more opportunities than I would have. So, you know, the life lesson would be is sometimes when things come up and it looks like a poor situation or even a project that other people don't, you know, haven't elected to do, you know, jump in, attack it, and you know, solve the problem that maybe other people haven't been able to solve versus shying away from it. So I think you know the, the lesson I would give is you know look at each situation uniquely, and there might be opportunities that um, don't immediately present itself, but the rewards typically can be you know more valuable than 
than staying in a, a safe zone. I really like that a lot. And, and it really, it all comes down to, I think in leadership too, when things maybe don't work as planned, <laughs> mm-hmm. that it's just a new way of doing things. I find that a lot of people get too hung up in, they had a plan, it didn't go as planned and they see it as a mm-hmm. failure where it's really not a failure. It's just, okay, well now we have to have a, a new way of looking at things, right? Just do things a different way. So that could be just a, a message to everyone. And and really on that note, I, what I appreciate about so far what I'm getting from you, Scott, is I feel like you're probably that leader that doesn't get hung up on what didn't work. It's like, okay, let's mm-hmm. just move forward and let's look at this different. I really like that. And I think yep. we need that in leaders. We need leaders um, because when people take on that weight of the burden of failure, it goes throughout the entire team. So we always need leaders who are strong enough just to keep moving forward and and learning and doing things better. And really, because we're coming to time, I want to ask you one more question. So here we are, women in electronics, right? We're having this interview. Mm -hmm. And the purpose for having these interviews is to highlight our leaders and, and to offer indirect mentorship to people who normally wouldn't meet someone like you, right? I mean, how often are you going to just come across Scott Tooney? So we want to be able to hear from you and pull all these insights from you, but also to understand, like here we are, women electronics, we're representing a lot of wanting to open the opportunities for women in particular in our industry because we're less than 10% in leadership decision-making roles. Why is it being a, a new sponsor, Plexus, thank you so much, mm-hmm. is a sponsor of Women in Electronics. So can you talk to that? Why? What's your why for that, for making that decision? And what is the value you see in it? Sure. So, you know, first of all, you know, just with, you know, on your, your note there, um, Plexus is you know, delighted to be part of Women in Electronics. You know, it's at the core of our ESG efforts that we have within our, our company. You know, the relationship, you know, is just starting out, but I look forward to grow significantly that we can provide value Women in Electronics as as well as learn from it um, as our company as we incorporate it. So it should be a great partnership. Really looking forward to it. You know, on a personal note, you know, I've always worked to ensure that my team has had, you know, diversity in many forms. You know, I think the the best solutions that we have come from diverse thinking and ultimately establishes our culture. So, you know, I've been in management roles. I kind of look at things in two factors. One is from a team member, can the team members do their job on a technical aspect? And then I look at what does each person bring unique attributes to make the team stronger? So when I kind of assess, I assess it both on a technical side as well as how do you make the team stronger? So, you know, this fits in well with that. When I was in global supply chain, um, I was really active in the women in supply chain efforts. Um, we had a function within uh, the supply chain organization within Gartner that, um, you know, I attended a big part of, you know, how we looked at things. You know, and again, maybe just to end it out that, you know, we're Plexus committed to ESG. I see it's really being a key part of, you know, being an employer of choice. I mean, this is it's a talent war, as people will call it. And we think that, um, you know, this further demonstrates our commitment to women electronics and and ESG efforts. Well, thank you for saying that. I like how you concluded uh, employer of choice. And I do think we are in that time right now (laughs) where really we have to attract the right talent and be that employer of choice. I I like that. And I also want to thank you 
four, uh, we will be making that announcement for you joining our advisory council in uh, the beginning of 2023. We will look forward to your input on that council with some of our other industry leaders. We appreciate uh, Plexus so much, and we appreciate you as a leader and for being involved personally in women electronics. So thank you so much, Scott. Thank you, Jackie. Really looking forward to continuing our journey with women electronics. All right. Thank you so much. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.